The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, Danhausen here. Danhausen here to tell you to listen to the Rough House podcast, hosted by Christoph and Marty Housen. Christoph Housen, yes, very good. You both got the housing in there. Anyways, have a nice time. Love that Danhausen. Listen to this podcast. It's very nice, very evil. The Rough House Podcast Housing. Danhausen is so powerful. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello everybody and welcome to the Rough House Podcast. Episode 200 and something. <laughs> I'm Marty. I think we're 220 today. Oh, 220. Check it out. Yeah. Coming in at 220. Man, I haven't been 220 since like, I don't know, fucking middle school. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> been a hot minute. Hey, but a, but a while. But yeah, I'm Marty. And I'm Christoph, and uh, we appreciate you guys continuing to uh, to click the link wherever you're clicking links to to listen to this fine program that we put so much time and effort and love into. Um, quick programming note: we uh, have set our annual bracket, mm-hmm. and uh, over on the Patreon uh, today, you can uh, check that out. Uh, our little bracketology episode there, talking about uh, what it, what it is. Uh, well, we've already kind of said what it is. It's it's wrestling's worst tattoos. That's the yes. bracket. Uh, theme this year so truly the worst of uh, of the worst a lot of really good entrance coming in here so uh, look forward to that in the coming days over on the twitter for votings and and whatnot as the the march madness season and everybody's got their own fucking gimmicky bracket well we couldn't be left out of that yeah of course uh, Uh, (laughs) it's the annual tradition of not being left behind chris (laughs) yeah of of just you know globbing on to what everybody else is doing exactly this should be called the coattail riders (laughs) or something i know what you're talking about that reminds us just a few weeks away from the latest episode of schlegel's soapbox (laughs) A Patreon exclusive. That's essentially what this show began as. <laughs> well, it began as, but the, the the longest iteration was me globbing on, glomming, globbing. Gl- is it glomming. an M or B? Glomming. Glomming. Yes. Okay. Glob, glob is something completely different. Yeah, yeah. Glob would be if you just like hawk a big thing of snow. Globbing on is what I uh, what I did when I was home alone last night. Uh, <laughs> Hi-yo. Hey. hey. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, thanks for listening. Check out the Patreon, mm-hmm. patreon.com slash the rough house podcast. So speaking yes. of our lovely listeners, yes, um, we had a request, which we, you know, usually don't often fulfill, uh, <laughs> to be completely honest with you. <laughs> um, but uh, we had a couple people ask about, uh, they wanted a moving update. Yes. Because so, uh, if so you recall, a couple months back, uh, your boy uh, bought a house. Congratulations Foolish. again on that, dear Chris. <laughs> Yeah, so far it's okay, mostly. Uh, <laughs> but um, there was a, a bit of a situation that mm-hmm. occurred with the moving process. Uh, hired the worst movers in the history of mankind who, uh, let's see, what do they do? They broke a couple of my media shelves that I mm-hmm. used for, uh, you know, media, 
hence media shelves uh, and my pop vinyl collection, which uh, admittedly is still out of control. Um, I did not need the pops from Bram Stoker's Dracula, but I bought them anyway. Um, they are pretty dope. If I'm they honest. do look pretty fucking great. And I got the chase of uh, 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 Big Head Count. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. So I'm pretty stoked on that. Thanks, Hot Topic. Uh, anyway, I'm a 38 uh, year old man who just thanked Hot Topic on his podcast in his basement, which normally talks about wrestling. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, moving company, the dirt worst. They uh, they broke shit. They stole shit. They extorted us out of money. They were just inept movers. They left uh, bumps and mud and scuffs and scrapes all over uh, the house, which basically was freshly painted all for the us. things that like the average moving company says. Hey, you know what? We are a prime quality service. You won't need to worry about. Right. And yeah. When, when like the bulleted list of stuff you shouldn't need to worry about for movers, they went. You know what? That's what we're going to deliver. It's like they yes. read the wrong part of the website. Right. Well, yeah. And the fact that in their name, their company name was uh, Pro Movers. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, sure. These guys are professionals. Let's let's <laughs> let's hire these schmucks. Uh, TLDR. Uh, they're not. They weren't. Uh, they sucked. So. Uh, what ended up happening, happening is just uh, as another quick recap, I tried to call these guys to file formal complaints and, uh, I got through to them one time, voiced my concerns. They said they would run it up the flagpole and call me back. Never got a call back. They blocked my number. They have no, uh, physical address for me to visit because I tried. Um, and I was, uh, you know, trying to figure out what to do. I talked to a, a, a lawyer friend, uh, to, um, you know, try to invite, advise me on what legal grounds I had. I even called the police on them cause, uh, they stole the bar, uh, and extorted us out of money. Nothing came of that, which I didn't really expect it to. But, uh, as for the update, um, the, I filed a grievance with my bank. Nice. Um, and Smart move. it took, Took a little bit of time, but uh, you know, I provided them the the invoices, and obviously they had you know the charges from my bank card that I used to pay for the services. Um, so I, I filed claims on that, and eventually the bank fully refunded me uh, oh. the amount that I charged on the card or used my debit card for. So, which was a total shock to me. I really didn't think that was going to happen, <laughs> but it was kind of a very yeah, nice. sure. I'll try it. We'll see what the hell happens. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I'm still out, you know, uh, hundreds of dollars from the cash that they extorted me out of and and whatnot. But, hey, you know what? Uh, it's better than nothing. Uh, having right. uh, having some hundreds of dollars put back in the account, uh, you know, waiting for that that stimmy, you know, it's That's uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, we need that Stimbo slice coming in just uh, <laughs> to wreak havoc on this pile of bills I got over here. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the update on that. Elsewhere in the house, um, we bought a couch uh, about mm-hmm. two months ago. Mm-hmm. They said it would be six to eight weeks. It's yes. been eight. Uh, and we called them and they're like, yeah, so the one part of the couch is going to be available in April. We don't know which part of the couch it's going to be. <laughs> it could be the regular couch part or it could be the chaise part of the sectional. We don't know. We'll call wow. you in April when we get that part. And we have no idea when the other part's going to be available. So uh, furniture furniture industry is really uh, – not doing great right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like between all that, aces right there. <laughs> from um, what's that? Sounds like it's all aces right there. Just yeah, going, top top of uh, top of the pops happening over there. <laughs> uh, 
elsewhere in the furniture industry, which has gone amok, uh, our, our Swedish friends at Ikea, mm-hmm. um, your boy bought a, uh, a proper desk from Ikea because, you know, work from home and whatnot, uh, which apparently everybody else in the world has done over the yes, past year. Yes, they have. So uh, I finally, you know, it wasn't the one I wanted uh, color scheme wise sure. uh, for the, uh, the the home office in the basement here. But, you know, I settled like, you know, it's available online. I'll mm-hmm. order it. They'll deliver it to the house in a couple weeks. I'll have it. It'll be done. It's fine. I can fucking paint it by hand if I need to. Yeah. Um, so yesterday was a delivery date for that. Oh, no. And the delivery, <laughs> the delivery folks show up and. Oh, no. It's the uh, it's the uh, the the Alex in IKEA speak, which is the drawer uh, filing thing, mm-hmm. uh, not like a file cabinet drawer, but like pull out you know, a drawer, yeah, yeah, drawer, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or, yeah, thing of drawers, yeah. uh, and then the the two legs that would support the other side of the desk, mm-hmm. and that was it. No oh, tabletop, no no, oh, no. Uh, no actual desk. Oh <laughs> no! So I uh, you know. I get the text message. Your delivery was just delivered. If you have problems, call this number. Huh? Do, 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 do. Calling up this fucking number, this nationwide IKEA fucking number. Sit on hold for like forty-five minutes, and then it finally rings, and it gets disconnected. Oh no! You sons of whores. So okay, all right, all right. Just took a deep breath, did a lap around the basement, calmed myself, called again, uh, and then they're like, "Your wait time is going to be thirty some minutes." Oh, so I'm sitting no. there. Waiting again. Luckily, I had some wrestling to watch, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, and then I get through, and they're like, oh, yeah, we see that. Let me go see what happened with that. Put me on hold. Yeah. A couple of minutes later, they come back. Yeah, that's back ordered, and I think it's going to be discontinued. <laughs> you fucking assholes. Oh, no. Are you serious right now? Oh, uh, no. So I know, Xavier. Jesus, what a bunch of assholes. Swedish assholes. Shove your meatballs up your ass. Um, so I, I said, oh, are they going to replace it with a similar type of product? She's like, well, we don't have that kind of information. Oh. I was like, okay, well, uh, refund me that. I'll return the legs to the store um, and I'll keep the drawers because <laughs> that was the main thing I need. I have like a, you know, I've been using a table uh, yeah. for this. So, you know, that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at with that. A little uh, frustrated with the, the realm of Ikea right now um, and the realm of Price Busters furniture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just blowing everybody yeah, up no. and fuck Harper County movers for life. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah. I can understand your age. I am so sorry, man. I, I that that just absolutely sucks. Oh, I mean, God. In the grand scheme of things, in terms of owning a house, these are relatively my. my I, I know, rules. but it's just like the 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 hits keep coming. The world's just yeah. trying to fuck on me. It's just nonstop. Yeah, not not to mention all the the car issues that we've been dealing with over the past month or two. So with oh, both of our cars, uh, so yeah, you know, it's life is life is grand. But um, that's the uh, that's the that's the moving update. Uh, I've, I've I've dropped any potential lawsuit against these uh, moving twats just because I got my money back and I'm not going to pay a lawyer to try and get me another couple hundred dollars. So you know they can go uh, fuck themselves mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. with their you know big fists up their own stupid assholes. And I hope that um, I did actually file a grievance with the state. Um, like the labor board or whatever, where you could file a complaint about from a business. So I yeah. did file a complaint about them to them. So, you know, 
if anything, they investigate that, find out these guys aren't a real company, shut them down so that nobody else gets gets hosed like mm-hmm. uh, like I did. So that's uh, that's the moving update. Appreciate uh, the couple of you who who asked for it. Um, you know, that's uh, that's where we are. I'm sure. You know, we kind of we got away from this being the bitch house because <laughs> man, I know. And, and I know you were a listener back then, Marty. Yes, it was, yes. it was every fucking week between Justin and myself bitching about something, uh, Some medical bills or hospital thing. stays or yeah. house things or ex-girlfriends or, uh, you know, cats throwing, uh, remote controls through the TV, which is still one of my favorite stories he had. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's, uh, that's that. What's, uh, what's been going on with you, my friend? Anything uh, you want to update the, the, the fans with? <laughs> I have absolutely nothing exciting or interesting to share. <laughs> When's the last time you walked outside of your house? Uh, yesterday. <laughs> well, I, I technically have to uh, every day because our mailbox is like on the corner. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but like, I, I, I've just had this continued kind of existence where I go between uh, this desk, uh, <laughs> other, like the bedroom for uh-huh. sleeping. Yeah. Uh, an exercise bike uh, and uh, some combination of Target or our local grocery store. Oh, or, or Walgreens for prescriptions because, yeah, of course, yeah. because yeah. I'm, okay. I'm in my 30s. Therefore, I have medications for things. What's your uh, uh, what's your mental health looking like a year until you've you've taken quarantine uh, more strict than most and myself included? Uh you know, I I think I did really well for the longest time, and it was right around January where it finally January sixth, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> but it's right around January where everything kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, I, I I definitely was in this spot of just like, oh, I actually miss people a lot, and I miss yeah. doing. I mean, you know, between uh. Just social life stuff, uh, and also uh, my career is one where I would have to visit clients every so often. And uh, for Super Art Fight, you know, going out and doing shows, like, I kind of considered myself kind of a homebody, but I realized I was a homebody because when I had free time, I wanted to stay home (laughs) because I was doing all these other things. And uh, not having that. I was good for a real long time, and then I hit that wall hard. But uh, you know, now now that it's like people are getting shots in arms, and it sounds like uh, you know, <laughs> old phase three over here is going to be uh, eligible a little bit earlier than expected. I was definitely starting to wonder if it was going to be twenty twenty two before I yeah. got to see a, a shot in my arm. Um, you know, uh, there, there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm definitely better than I was, but yeah, there, in recent memory, it's been a bit more like on a weekend, I might have like a day where I'm just like, I'm just gonna lay in bed and watch something on TV. <laughs> like that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's the wall I hit. Not Well, not, it didn't help that it like snowed twice a week for an entire month. That also. definitely, that definitely, <laughs> uh, was, was not a, a great thing on top of it. But, uh, yeah. like the past few days, especially here in Maryland where, it, you know, it, it got like 70 degrees outside and everything. It's like, it was oh, too warm. <laughs> well, for me, it was like, oh, there is th- not everything's terrible. It could be okay. Yeah. Uh, th- that said, the whole uh, uh, spring forward thing could suck a dick. I <laughs> yes, did not appreciate agreed. that lost hour of sleep. I mean, I appreciate it in, in October when we get an extra hour, but yes. I really don't appreciate yes. it when, when all things are made made right. 
Plus, yeah. I mean, there's like two or three states that don't even observe it. Yeah, uh, it's it's, yeah. it's it's shenanigans. Just fucking get rid of it. Yeah, I feel like that 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 got proposed recently uh, in oh. in the government to uh, get rid of it, but. I can't recall who who supported it. Therefore, yeah. are, are we going to hold our breath on our government to do something right for the people? <laughs> no, 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 no. They're going to have to. They're going to have to gut it first uh, under the idea of getting both parties on board. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and jump into what's probably going to be the majority of this week's conversation as we chat about. The past week in AEW, it was one week ago today, AEW Revolution hit your streaming service of choice or pay-per-view service of choice. Uh, you know, there's uh, a whole bunch of different ways to watch, and apparently it was a very, very successful show as this random March first time on a Sunday night pay-per-view turned out to be the biggest in AEW history, the biggest non-WWE pay-per-view event since 1999. So he even beat All In. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a, a massive show for AEW headlined <laughs> by an exploding barbed wire death match. Yeah. And Chris... <laughs> Let me tell you, bud, let's say uh, it was nine matches on Sunday. Mm. I'm going to say through all nine of those matches, that was a hell of a show. <laughs> and then that main event had a post-match in that post-match. <sighs> all right. Do you want to talk about the main event first or do you want to sort of talk sure. about some of the that's, that's, that's fine. I mean, okay. you know, whatever so, you want. As we discussed last week. This was like a, a, a weird bit of pro wrestling nirvana for me. The 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 dreams of of a teenage Marty Day becoming real. As you had two guys in the ring, because a lot of times, especially Japanese death matches, you know the the ones that that uh, Omega and Mox were homaging. Uh, the reason why these death matches occurred is because they needed the spectacle to take away from the fact that the guys couldn't work worth a shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you had John Moxley, you had Kenny Omega, two of the best in the game today. Sure. You had this match. You had all the stipulations laid out, and it was going to be not just an homage to what was done in the past, but raised to a modern level. And then you have the match itself. Already, I was in the minute I saw Bryce in his fucking meth cooking suit. Hell yeah, uh, man. I, 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 I loved that. God damn, the, the shot of Bryce in the suit raising the belt. 10 out yeah. of 10. Totally worth every single penny uh, that yeah. you might have paid for on pay-per-view or BR Live or Fight. Bonus points to anybody, to the person who uh, photoshopped the blue crystal in place of the title belt yes. as well there. That yes. was a good one. Yes. And the match starts, <laughs> and I'm kind of holding my breath for when they do the first bump into the exploding barbed wire ropes. So mission accomplished. I mean, that's that's the idea of the match, right? You you know, the yeah. match is built around the explosions and the barbed wire, but really it's the 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 drama of it is from the anticipation of who's going to go in there first and to which side and who's going to do the spot on the outside because there's always a spot on the outside sort of thing. Yeah. That's what kind of, you know, the appearance got you in there and the selling of it got you in there, but then, you know, there's a whole other side to the drama of and the I guess, you know, the psychology of the barbed wire exploding death match, which, which uh, feels that, like a misnomer, but you know, it, it, it is yeah. there. But, but for me that, that anticipation was twofold, mm. not only because of 
like you said, the natural storytelling of the match, the idea of guys getting so close. But as someone who has seen over the years companies try to match right. what was done in FMW and, and so on in the 90s and early 2000s, the first time that I think Mox was the first one to hit the ropes. I think Omega threw him in there. I think so. I'm not sure. That first explosion is going to be the indicator of either they nailed it or they fucked it up. Right. And that first one hits and the explosion is big and bold. It's got a nice pop and everything. And you just kind of go, you know what? They got this figured out. <laughs> now, let me ask you, yes. um, as somebody, as you just described yourself as somebody who has watched a lot of these old school Japanese exploding barbed wire death matches, yes. is the explosion supposed to happen on impact or in, t- in, in anticipation of impact so that when you hit, you feel the explosion? So the idea is, and uh, typically... It is not barbed wire wrapped around ring ropes as it uh-huh. was here. It is it is the ropes are replaced with barbed wire. Right. The idea is the the timing is supposed to be someone as they hit the ropes, it explodes. So like okay. that that the hitting of the barbed wire is meant to be the trigger. Okay. And, and I right. will say the the timing of it was right. a little suspect at times. Yes. But uh, the fact that the explosions in the match <laughs> were executed well enough, I could kind of go, okay, you know what? Fine. Um, and, you know, the, the spots that they did were very good, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, Omega going in face first and, you know, then uh, sort of having to rub his eyes and so on, or uh, the really clever uh, first ever in AEW kick out, or not even kick out, of the one wing angel where Mox just smacks the ropes with his feet to have the barbed wire explode. I was just like that. That's such a cool and clever spot. And the match that Mox and Omega were having was though at times limited because of what they couldn't, couldn't do with the ropes. Uh, not, uh, not surprisingly, the reason why they kept the ropes up a probably to save time, but B to let Omega actually be able to use the turnbuckle every so often. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a very good match in ring, but the sign to me that things were going to get a little hinky was when they did the um, paradigm shift to the outside onto the barbed wire board. Okay. The only time that they had the, the, the quote unquote uh, double hell barbed wire on the outside explode because when they did the, um, uh, I keep wanting to call it Death Rider. The, I know. Uh, I almost did as well. <laughs> well fuck it. I'll call it a Death Rider. Dirty uh, yeah. yeah. When they did the Death Rider off the apron onto the board, that mm-hmm. explosion was a little lame. Yeah, it wasn't quite what I was, especially for such a wicked, awesome and big spot as it yeah. was. It was a little. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I think there. it's because you could kind of see like the little mortar set up underneath yes. the, the board. And it looked like there was only one. Yeah. And that might have been for their own safety. That might have been under the idea of. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, th- you have to look out for the safety of the right. guys, right. you know, and both of these guys, you know, 
Mox, I'm sure, revels in the pain. Omega, I'm not sure. I feel like he can put up with a lot and tolerate a lot, but I don't know if yeah. he's, you know, full on CZ dub uh, <laughs> yeah. mindset as as Mox is. Right. Uh, but right. yeah, but and and just the w- even if there was no explosion to be had in that, it was still a great spot. Just yeah. the way you know the move fell, the uh, the way they both sold, and you know, got people get stuck in this barbed wire, you know, right. and it's a. Right. Uh, it's 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 a sight, and uh, you know the the toward the end of the match, the Good Brothers run in. I was like, eh, I, I wasn't mean, super. New, there, yeah, I, I knew it was going to happen, especially with that open side, you know, where sure. there wasn't uh, barbed wire. Uh, but the fact that it ended up not just being a barbed wire bat, but an exploding barbed wire bat. Another shout out to the craziness of what Onita does. I awesome. thought that was a nice surprise. Yeah, um, and, and again, you know. You you can sit there because people were posting clips all over like Squared Circle on Reddit and that sort of thing on on Monday of like well this is how they do it in Japan, you know that that it was not as effective as uh, the, the the pyro that AEW used was not as effective as what's done in Japan but it was still very effective for it and I'm like you know what this match they did it they they nailed it and the match ended in about 25 minutes. So we yeah. didn't have the, the, the 30 minute mark. Now, before we talk about anything after the match, I wanted to ask you, Chris is kind of a, a novice to this style of match and a guy who has gone on record of not really digging like unnecessary blood and guts. What yeah. did you think of the match? Because I'm, I'm coming to it clearly with, you know, kind of a, a, a pair of rose colored glasses. I think it hit the right balance of violence and spectacle. Whereas the lights out match they had in Baltimore that we were there for was too heavy on the violence, not as much on the spectacle. Mm-hmm. I feel like this one really struck the balance better. And I was into it. I, you know, it wasn't super bloody. There was just, just enough blood to color the t-shirt, uh, you know, you know, like you're going to go fucking Guar show in a white t-shirt <laughs> to get, to get covered in, in gore and viscera, um, which is well, not big daddy V, but you know, you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I did enjoy it. I thought, when the three count was was counted and the match was uh, at that minute over, I was like, okay, yeah, that that worked out pretty well. I was I was into it. I, did, I wasn't expecting Moxley to win. I was expecting Omega to pull it out. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know, I, I was I was satisfied at that moment. Yeah. So match ends. We're getting this post match beat down, and it goes on for a while. It does. And. Uh, the commentators are, are going back and forth talking about how the the ring is rigged to explode at 30 minutes no matter what. Which, Which is, is stupid. In kayfabe, it's incredibly <clears throat> dumb. Now, yeah. the one thing I will say is, yes, they use the Kenny Omega excuse later on. Yeah. But on paper, the idea that Kenny Omega and um, Don Callis and Don Callis just set everything up to explode no matter what. Right. I would have been fine with that yeah. if everything went to plan. Anyway, so they've got five minutes to do a beatdown, which is a yeah. long time to do a beatdown. Yes, a three-on-one beatdown, yeah. Yeah, so this beatdown is happening. Mox is getting his ass kicked. We're counting down to that final minute. The sirens are going off. And out comes Eddie Kingston with Butcher and the Blade. And all of, you know, uh, all of the the random ref shirts are in the way and, and yeah. trying to stop Kingston from doing this. And as a guy who, A, 
really enjoyed Japanese death matches and B loves him some Eddie Kingston. I was like, Oh my God, this is such a great angle. This is so perfect. The idea of this redemptive moment of yeah. this absolutely despicable heel being like, that's my friend. He's in danger. I don't care about what happened to us. I got to save him. I was like, this fucking rules. This is going to be so great. Oh my God. Kingston gets in the ring ducks down, covers his beaten down buddy, waits for the big moment, and like a fart in church, we get some booms and some sparkles, and that's fucking it. I don't know who I felt worse for. There was um, uh, there was Mox who just I mean he just had to lay there and, and do his part for the story. Yeah. I think <clears throat> it's tied between uh, Eddie Kingston, obviously as you mm-hmm. just described, who had to sell this uh, you know dull thud of a of an explosion, or the commentators who had to try and sell this as the most violent and despicable uh, act of violence we've ever ever seen. Uh, I feel like that. The commentators took me out of the moment way more <laughs> because, you know, there's they're sitting there practically, you know, thinking that these guys are dead in the ring from a couple couple sparklers and some boom booms, uh, yeah. an M80 or something. Not even an M80. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't even that. Yeah. Uh, that that violent of an explosion. Uh, so, yeah, the it was. And then they kept talking about it for too long. Like if you you know, if I'm Tony. Uh, I, I get that I want to, you know, get, get people, you know, tell people to tune into fucking Dynamite on Wednesday, but everybody's going to tune in anyway who's watching this pay per view, so it doesn't really matter. Just if I if I see what actually came out on the screen, I'm like, oh shit! All right, fade the black. Let's go. Let's go. Cut. <laughs> let's cut the feed. Let's get out of here. Yeah, because uh, you're just providing more evidence for the internet and competitors roast you at that point. Yeah, yeah, and and sure enough, the internet did, and appropriately so. And I think the thing that was so disappointing, and and I, I admit I'm saying this as someone who is a fan of the style, a fan of those guys, and a fan of that company, is everything was firing on all cylinders until it didn't. It was exactly <laughs> what it needed to be <laughs> until the exact end. Yeah, uh, it, it it was executed so well. It was executed with you know such precision and, and and such a focus to to the style of match they were trying to do and and what have you and then it went to shit and you know yeah. things have come out now about how you know they they did some dry runs over the course of the day and and all these different things and pyro is pyro man i mean anyone can talk about you know even just wwe through the years with their entrance pyro yeah and Kane had more pyro in his entrance yeah. than we got on the fucking uh, exploding ring. Yeah, but also think about how many times Kane has done his pyro entrance. It's like, oh, three out of the four posts blew up. Or like that time where Undertaker, you know, did the whole lights thing and accidentally had Kane's pyro blow up in his face. And, you know, <laughs> random things like that where the intent is to do X and you get Y and... In those well, instances, you're literally it, playing with fire, so yeah. it doesn't do what you want it to do all the time. But yeah, it, if it, you're not sure it's going to work, then why do an exploding ring? 
You know, right, right. And and you know, there's also part of me that's like, well, if they're concerned about the level of explosion and and so on, why are you doing it in Daly's place? Why don't you do it like out in a field somewhere, uh, or maybe an abandoned warehouse? Like apparently you found for another match. Um, right. You know, just there, there's all these different things where you can sit there and armchair quarterback it all day, but what happened is what happened. And uh, to to echo what you said on our Twitter feed, like just because that went poorly doesn't mean the rest of the show was a wash. No. Because I feel like that show was incredibly effective on multiple fronts. There's stuff that I love. There's stuff that I didn't love. But it was such a um, a buffet of pro wrestling. Uh, the the way that Excalibur described it on common or, or uh, on Twitter before doing the show is like it felt like on paper it was like a wrestling mixtape that your friend mm-hmm. made, where they're just trying to give you little bits and pieces of different types of wrestling and and seeing what you like. Like that's what the show felt like. That there was so many different things, whether it was. The buy-in, having the surprise U.S. debut of Maki Ito and mm-hmm. that really, really fun tag match, uh, to the tag battle royal, to the storytelling of the Bucks versus Jericho and MJF, to uh, the car crash mentality of the ladder match, to the absolutely wonderfully executed street fight with Sting and Darby versus Team Taz. Like, there was a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah. And again... I can't say all of it was a thousand percent effective, but in terms of did I feel like I got my money's worth out of that show, take away the church fart at the end, like, absolutely. I I thought it was a stellar show. I'm not filing a grievance with my bank over the, you know, $50 for the pay-per-view to get back, um, you know, over over a poorly executed exploding ring in a barbed wire death match. I mean, come on. Uh, One, you know it's it, it doesn't disqualify everything else that you saw and like you said i i enjoyed the the pay-per-view overall i i was really high on the whole experience until the very very end which you know it it, it does knock it down a peg and it's unfortunately the one thing people are gonna mostly remember um you know it, it may end up being a footnote over in a couple of years down the line but you know it's it everybody loves to to jump on you know the the easy jokes on on the Twitter and the Reddit, and that's that's what's happening now. It, it and I think you know since Dynamite, um, it's subsided. Uh, but man, on Monday and Tuesday, it was it, it yeah. was it was a bit it was a bit much. I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I we, can only imagine ahead. what wrestling Twitter would have been like in the age of the gobbledygooker. You know, man. just just some of these all time stinkers yeah. that WWE is on with, and. You know, with the possible exception of that infamous uh, Dark Order beatdown at the end of 2019, I think this is the first real massive fuck up from AEW. And even in that, it's not that big. What Dark Order beatdown? Which one? Uh, the the one where it was very clear that oh, uh, that Dark one. Order guy was whiffing his punches and it yeah, just yeah, went yeah, on yeah. for forever. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I even forgot about like. That iteration of Dark Order, yeah, I, I like it, I, totally out of mind right now because of everything. And that's you know what you want, you know. Right. When something doesn't work, you pivot, 
you change it up. You bring in an exalted one. Uh, unfortunately, you lose them, but you make do and figure out a way to get uh, to get things working. And that's what's going to happen if they. And I don't foresee them doing another exploding barbed wire deathmatch anytime soon. Um, but uh, now they have a little bit of experience in it and yeah. can know and know what what to and what not to do. Yeah. Um, but you know. Should we talk about how they handle it on Wednesday now, or do we just go through go get to Dynamite later? What yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's let's talk about the rest of Revolution, and then we'll come back to Dynamite. Okay. Um, so, like like I said, show kicked off uh, with the buy-in match. Maki Ito making her U.S. debut it was Maki and Britt against Thunder Rosa and Riho. I thought this was a really really fun match, and uh, Maki Ito's singing gimmick uh, is a ten. Uh, I'm I'm all for it. Apparently, there are people who yeah. are really not. And yeah, it's kind of shocking to me. Maybe, you know, I love baby metal uh, and it kind of <laughs> scratches that itch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I, I get that. Uh, but I guess it's just not for everybody. Yeah, I, I will say also a real joy of that match was um, something that that I, I come back to a lot. when talking about AEW's commentary. The joy of hearing Tony Schiavone become a Maki Ito mark in real time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely tremendous. I uh, yes. enjoyed every moment of that. Bucks against Jericho and MJF kicked off the pay-per-view. I thought this was a very, very good match. Clearly, this wasn't like Bucks against FTR or Bucks against the Lucha It's Bros not a workhorse or, uh, work right. match. It's a story match. Exactly. And I, I thought it told a very, very good story. Um, and thankfully, there wasn't a scenario where Papa Buck came out and threw a super kick or something like that, which was my oh. biggest concern. Oh, uh, Craig T. Nelson probably can't throw a decent super kick, at least without slapping the leg. Uh, (laughs) It's okay to do that there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's just banned Um, in Orlando. But they had some very good uh, near falls. Jericho hanging with, you know, the work rate boys uh, was certainly a a nice thing to see for for a a guy who um, a lot of people have argued over the past years lost a step. But this uh, continued to uh, add a, a little bit of strife to the inner circle, as we would see more of on Wednesday. Tag Team Casino Roy- Battle Royale uh, was really fun. And, hey, credit where credit is due. AEW did legitimate 90-second intervals. Right. Yeah, that that's always fun to see. Uh, and they, it's also fun to see when they make the right choice in the team winning. Uh- yes. <laughs> yeah, that final four of John Silver, Phoenix, Pac, and Jungle Boy was oh, yeah. amazing. When, yes. when you basically got this mini fatal four-way to wrap up the bout uh so fun i i want to see any combination of these four dudes uh in matches moving forward in perpetuity yeah (laughs) i will say and and maybe this is me you know uh clutching the pearls a bit i think this is the third time that jungle boy has done the i barely almost save myself repeatedly throughout the match i skin the cat i'm one of the last two dudes oh shit i lost yeah, he's the uh, he, he's the always a bridesmaid, never the bride of battle royals yeah. in AEW, pretty much. Yeah, at, at a point, and I, I and this might be it. Maybe the next one they'll finally give it to him. At a point, it's just gonna be like fucking like he sucks at battle royals. Don't put him in him. Yeah. <laughs> he never uh, won one. Didn't he win one? Maybe he won one, but it feels like it, it, I feel like it, it was the it was the one to get the into the match for the dynamite. Uh, well, he was uh, one of the last two. Right? Yes, yeah, that's for what the it diamond was. ring. That's what yeah. it was. He was it, he was one of the last two. It was him and um, Arch Cassidy, I think. Right, and then that winner went on to face. Is that what it was? 
Yeah, I, I think know. so. Anyway, it's they still just one of those sure. things where you just kind of go like, uh, maybe maybe uh, different agenting for Jungle Boy in the future on, well, on it, these battle royals. And it's also like, are they ever going to fucking pull the trigger? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah, they're like know? me and they, they now find themselves just mystified by how big of a head he's got. I don't mean ego. Like, just Jungle Boy's like, a big ass head. <laughs> it's like Sputnik. Oops, he hasn't cut yourself to sleep on your huge pillar. But uh, Phoenix was out of this world in that match, and and he's always out of this world. He's Phoenix. Yeah, he's fair. fucking amazing. He's so much fun to watch in any kind of match that he's in. He his topes are like suicides. Uh, like I know it's a suicide <laughs> dive. I know I get it. But like the way he throws himself through the ropes and always ends up two rows back in the crowd. Yeah, just with no regard to his own yeah. well being. Thank you, Phoenix, for, for, you know, putting your health on the line for my enjoyment, and I very much do enjoy it. Do you think he aims specifically for the gun club? Or yes, why just... wouldn't you? <laughs> if I see Colton Gunn out there uh, with, uh, you know, I'm putting a target on that massive forehead of his. Yeah. Just going right for it, man. Uh, that, that reminds me, just a general note to the AEW face crowd side of things. Not everyone needs to have a Seven Nation Army chant. Ugh. Not everyone. Uh, I would argue nobody does. Hikaru Shida defended her AEW Women's World Championship against Ryo Mizunami. I thought this match absolutely ruled. I am a mark for Ryo Mizunami. She fucking rules, man. She, yeah. I, 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 and not to take anything away from Shida, Shida's been you know going at it and has been a really, I think, a, a good champion putting putting on great matches. But yeah, this this match was awesome, and the 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 last like I don't know four or five minutes. Which is you know near fall after near fall of, of of close calls, and I was I was super invested in. It. I I really liked uh, Mizunami going through the tournament. Thought she was a, a great chance, uh, a great choice to have go against Sheeta at the pay per view. Was not disappointed in the match. Hopefully she can uh, you know stick around for a little bit, at least for you know uh, I, I don't know a couple more weeks. Get some stuff in before she. Heads back to Japan and does whatever she's going to do. But yeah, big big fan of hers. I, I've actually enjoyed her work more than Maki Ito. Maki Ito, a little more on the character side right, of, right, right. of what I like. They kind of strike a balance there. But uh, but yeah, both uh, both both really good finds, and I really did enjoy that match. I didn't expect her to win. No. Um, no. So and I'm, I'm kind of happy uh, that she didn't won because I feel like once. Britt Baker, I guess. I don't know. I keep yeah. saying that. <laughs> yeah, Britt's yeah. Next. Britt's next. Britt's next. And then three other people get title shots first. Uh, but Britt see, still seems to be tied up with Thunder Rosa. So who the hell knows what they're going to do? Well, uh, I, I think we're getting the blow off the, of that finally this Wednesday. Oh, that's right. It's and the main event, a lights out match. Yeah. Um, we had Miro and Kip Saban defeating uh, Arch Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Uh, this was probably one of the few downers on the show for me because it felt more like a, a storyline thing than an actual match. Um, yeah, but probably only went like five, six minutes. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the work was fine. Um, I, I would have liked the blow off to be on the pay-per-view, though. Instead, it sounds like it's going to be on an upcoming Dynamite. Yeah, but I, I'm OK with it uh, because you, you got to have something to pop the ratings um, for, for Dynamite. And 
if there's one thing this match accomplished, it's further making Miro a beast. Uh, yes. He just fucking laid waste to both those guys yeah. pretty, pretty easily as, yeah. as it seemed. So, you and, know, and I think we're uh, starting to get hints that Miro's going to be without uh, Kip and uh, Penelope in the not too distant future. Cause yeah, 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 that's not long for this world. Yeah. Definitely did not give a crap about knocking Penelope off the apron. No. Um, Hey, man, Page defeated Matt Hardy in a big money match. Again, this was more about a storyline than anything and good because I have no interest in watching a Matt Hardy singles match in 2021. Uh, this was really about the whole Hangman Page joins Dark Order thing. I, I enjoyed the uh, the crowd surf into the buckshot lariat finish. Yeah, that was really, really nice. Yep. Um, and, you know, had a nice fun moment there. Uh a match that was definitely less than the sum of its parts was the face of the revolution ladder match on paper. I should have really enjoyed this in terms of its execution. Not so much. So the mystery man was as I guessed last week, uh, Ethan page making his AEW debut mm-hmm. to a moderate response from the live crowd. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, his biggest thing has been an impact and yeah. we know how many people watch impact. Uh, yeah. so, yeah. you know, I, I'd, I'd heard of the guy. I'd never seen a match of his before, uh, yeah. but I'd heard of him, but it seemed like the, the, the key things that they really pushed here was, uh, an issue between Penta and Cody Rhodes, which would come back on Wednesday. Oh yeah. Uh, Max Caster basically deciding to die a thousand deaths to make himself a star yep. and Scorpio sky becoming a star. In this match. Um, That said, appropriately so, the internet was a bit more amused by the fact that the brass ring at the top of of Daly's place there looked more like a Sonic the Hedgehog ring than anything else. Scorpio Sky ended up winning it, and hey, good for him. It's about time they pull the trigger on Scorpio Sky. So so does that, uh, now that Scorpio Sky has that, does he set up residence in Emerald Zone, part one? Yes, yes, he does. Okay, all right. He'll become a super Scorpio Sky if he collects 50 of them. Sweet. And will he have a uh, a friend with uh, an extra appendage show up to help him out? Uh, Undoubtedly. Oh, you didn't know okay. that. You didn't know that Frankie Kazarian has two dicks. <laughs> He's a quad pod. Yeah, yeah. Quad podcast. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the one thing that was so frustrating about this match, though, was they had this whole thing about Cody's injured shoulder. Well, and well you, 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 are you are you surprised that a multi-man match featuring Cody was not centered around Cody? No, no, no. My problem was that, and again, you're probably right that I shouldn't be surprised by this, but my problem was he did this whole thing where, like, he's injured and he's taken out, and instead of actually taking him backstage for, like, the big Spirit of 76 comeback, yeah. he's fucking halfway standing in the fucking tunnel... Just chilling. Well, not just chilling, but like he keeps going like, oh, but I really want to get back out there. You got like Jerry Lynn and Doc Samson right. and uh, maybe not Doc Samson, whatever the Doc's name is. Uh, and Art Anderson going, well, you probably shouldn't. And then Cody's like, but I want to get back out there. And the three of them are like, oh, but you shouldn't go. It's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, well, we we, we knew he was going to come back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we knew he was going to come back, but like. Uh, you know, to, to quote uh, a roughhouse favorite phrase here, can't miss you if you don't go away. I don't give a shit if he's just half standing in the tunnel. Go backstage yeah. or don't. 
Yeah, go backstage, drink a Gatorade, you know, take a piss, you know, you, you got you got 10 minutes to convalesce or, you know, go backstage and get something taped up, you know, make it. That's that's how you sell it. But you know, it's it's Cody's got a you know it's is it's Cody's getting a little, got a Cody. It's getting a little out of control there, isn't it? Uh, uh, a little bit, a little starting bit. to starting to ascend in the Triple H. Uh, uh, Cody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 straight up uh, homage. He's, it's from parody to away, homage. Yeah, he's a step away from doing the Triple H concussion cell where he just kind of stares goofily into the middle Fuck. distance. His entrance had more pyro than the exploding ring. <laughs> It's true. It's Jesus true. Christ. But um, yeah, uh, the match was fun. The, the Penta driver on the ladder set up uh, in between the ring and the um, uh, guardrail was great. Lance Archer had some really fun stuff, tossing people around. Do love me some Lance Archer. Uh, was there somebody else in that match we haven't mentioned? Uh, no. Sky, Page, uh, Cody, Penta, Caster. That's it. E- Ethan Page was there. I, that's, what about, that's about what I could say for that match. I mean, there was some fun, you know, ladder spots and and, and stuff like that in the match. Yeah. It was it was a fine ladder match, but yeah, it never really clicked into that gear of like I was never on the edge of my seat. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and, and Ethan Page isn't a guy showing up like Brian Cage was. And like, oh, yeah. well, Cage is going to win this shit. And yeah. a show he, that he, ran almost four hours. This was the chunk of the night where it really started to drag a little bit. Because then we had the announcement of that Hall of Fame level signing, and Chris, you were correct. It was Christian. Christian, and I'm Cage. fine with it. I, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, look, had they not kept going on about it, yeah, it would have been. They they can't. Sometimes they can't get out of their own way. Yeah, you know. Say you have a big signing coming up at the pay per view. And, you know, leave it at that. You don't have to keep going on like, oh, he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time and he signed a multi-year deal and he's going to uh, show up on Dynamite. He's a Hall of Fame worthy wrestler. Uh, don't o- fucking oversell. Undersell, yeah. over deliver because yeah. it's really hard to to get people on board once you sell something so damn much. And anything short of fucking Phil Brooks would have felt anticlimactic at that point yeah. because of their own doing. Yeah. And. A- it's like, I like Christian. I don't know what he can bring to the table at 47 with a concussion history. I just don't know. And and, and I was kind of hoping on Wednesday for something to happen where I go, hey, you know what? Yeah. I'm wrong. But instead, I was reminded that the unprettier is a dumb fucking finisher. Well, it's a kill switch well, for sorry. him. Sorry. The unprettier is the Tyler Breeze homage. Yeah. Um, but I, it the setup for the kill switch sucks, but the actual maneuver I think yeah. I like it. Um, I don't know. I I think Cage or Christian Cage really. I don't know. He he he's a he's a wild card. You, like yeah. you said, you don't know at forty seven what he can do. But there are some. You know, what, how old's fucking? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to pull something out of my ass here. How old's Tanahashi? How old's fucking Suzuki? Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. like yeah, they're, they're they're in their older age. But uh, I, I think also at a younger age. These were guys that were working circles around Christian at that age. Not that Christian's a bad worker by any means. You know, the, Christian has had some really great moments in ring, but he's when you are in AEW and your catchphrase now is outwork everyone. You are writing a check. That I don't know. You can cash, man. Well, that was because uh, I listened to his interview on Renee uh, Paquette's podcast, Oral, Oral Sessions. Sessions. 
Did you listen to that one? I, I did not listen to it, but I read some of the uh, comments he made on that. So that was that was his idea because he, you know, and getting cleared was his idea. He was never asked to be cleared. He, yeah. you know, basically the, the short story is he um, wasn't feeling himself after putting on the quarantine 15 and started to get back into shape and was like, oh, maybe I can uh, get in the shape and maybe, maybe do something here. He went and got himself cleared, had all the concussion tests and all that sort of stuff. His neurologist and everything said he looked A-OK to do this and you know got himself in he's apparently in great shape um and he looked good at the rumble uh from what we saw of him um you know i think kate christian cage uh losing and putting over kenny omega in the next big feud is smart because you know if you're continuing to build kenny omega as as the top guy in the industry you got got to have him beat all the current top guys and a couple of the older top guys as well. So, um, you know, granted, top guy for Christian Cage, if you're not talking about TNA, isn't really uh, compatible with his WWE run. Right, but right, right. I think, uh, you know, I'm 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 OK with it. I'm like, I'm a wait and see kind of guy with this. We'll uh, see how he actually looks in the ring, what kind of thing he's going to do. I mean, if he's going to do a straight up like, you know. Uh, Matt wrestling, technical wrestling sort of outwork everyone, if that's what he means, and not just, you know, mm-hmm. revert back to old uh, ENC ladder match shenanigans, sorts of uh, high-risk offense, then mm-hmm. then then it could work. Um, but, you know, it's it's I'm okay with it, is <laughs> my rant over. Yeah. Um, we, we will see. We will see. Uh, the other match, of course, was the cinematic match Darby Allen and Sting against Team Taz. Darby. Uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Although we did get to see Powerhouse Hobbs and Hook, a shirtless Hook, yeah. uh, appear in the street fight. I thought this was as perfect as it could have been uh, between some of the very interesting angles and cool shots uh, throughout, uh, you know, the way it was captured. Um, yeah. Fundamental ultra violence. Kind of some kind of fun, kind of cheese ball moments like the uh the entrance of Darby and Sting with the, with Sting's hobo army. Um you know, I, I, I thought some of it was silly and fun. Uh but the match itself I thought was great. Really, my only problem was Ricky Stark started the match in this awesome looking like bulletproof uh vest get up, and that went away real quick. I don't know what happened. Uh, I don't know, maybe uh maybe the tribal chief uh sued him. Yeah. It's, it's possible, but I thought for what it needed to be, it was a 10 out of 10, made Sting look good, made Darby look like an absolute lunatic, and uh, the heave-ho into the, uh, 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 what was it, like a pane glass? Window? Yeah, the yeah. pane glass window uh, is one of the most ridiculous spots I've ever seen, up until Darby did the elbow drop into infinity. <laughs> well, yeah, not only that, but also the fact that Brian Cage had fucking Darby Allen in a suplex position and yes, walked up and a flight of stairs, the stairs with him. Oh shit! Unfucking real, <laughs> outstanding. Loved it. So quickly now on Wednesday, Dynamite was uh, basically not only building up the next big angles, but trying to uh, play a, a, a little bit of um, damage control on uh, everything that happened at, at Revolution. Uh, you know, we had the high highs of Ray Phoenix versus Matt Jackson kicking off the show, which was. Cool unbelievable out of this world match has me very very excited for the phoenix and uh pock against bucks tag match and by the way if they ha- don't have it planned they really should do nick jackson versus pock yeah. on the road to this yep. um we had uh the awesome post-match angle cody 
randomly squashing a jobber, and turns out Penta was uh, uh, on commentary the entire time for the Spanish booth, and he decides to cut a promo absolutely motherfucking Cody in yeah. Spanish. Now, yep. the one thing I thought was kind of silly was, uh, what's his name, Alex Albrentes? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he was giving that promo a little bit of juice. He was oh, like he was, he was going into business for himself yeah, a little bit. He's I'm like, I'm getting myself promo. over yeah. on this shit. Yeah, that that should have been more like, you sure you want to say that? You know, like mm-hmm. it, it because he flat out said that he was going to uh, uh, Cody flat out said or sorry, Penta flat out said to Cody that he's going to break Cody's arm so he couldn't pick up his baby girl, which is yes. a great fucking line. It's, it's fucking outstanding. The Lord of Lucha Libre versus the Prince of Pro Wrestling. Yes. Uh, I mean, fuck. What is not to love about Pentagon? Honestly, yeah, I mean, yeah. that, you know, l- that Luchador, look, that look he popped up in Luchador the- in a suit is one of the biggest like, you know, one of the greatest visuals in pro wrestling, like <laughs> hands down. But not only that, you have Luchador, Lucha Mask in a suit, but he's also got the bit of the face that's face painted where he looks like a pissed off ninja skeleton. Everything just everything just comes together. Just the way I, I love I fucking love Penta, man. The way he walks, the way he presents himself, the his his cadence, even though it's in Espanol, like every fucking Love that guy. Uh, those two brothers. I mean, I, I want to adopt them. I want them to be my family. Be uh, familia. Elsewhere on Dynamite, uh, it looks like we're getting a build for Sting versus Lance Archer. That's a choice. Um, okay. Yeah. I have no idea how that's going to go. Uh, Chuck Taylor and Arch Cassidy challenged Miro and Chuck, uh, or not Miro and Chuck, Miro and Kip, Kip. to one more match. Where if uh, they lose, Chuck Taylor will become Miro's butler forever. And it sounds like it's basically like a lumberjack match. But instead of lumberjacks, it's arcade machines around the ring. Yep. Just a bunch of video game cabinets. Just, uh, I mean, that's, you know, expensive. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Very silly. Very expensive. Uh, Looks like we are getting more uh, intrigue and uh, uh, drama in the Hangman Page, Matt Hardy storyline as Hangman Page. uh, He bought himself a riding lawnmower. Which apparently has been an ongoing um, reference by Page throughout BTEs over the course course of the past year or so. Talking about buying a new lawnmower and all this sort of shit. And then he bought a new lawnmower and given almost the whole Dark Order a ride. What's the beef with Five? I don't... don't... So Five has been made fun of by the Dark Order regularly on BTE. Um, Okay. I'm I'm an occasional BTE watcher. Yeah. uh, They they make fun of him a lot, and I get the distinct feeling he's going to be joining the Hardy clan. Okay. Because the Hardy clan got themselves two new members in the Guns for Hire that are Butcher and Blade. I saw a lot of people in there going, like, what the fuck? This doesn't make any sense. They've been set up from the jump as being Guns for Hire. So. Well, not only that, Eddie has kind of, you know aligned himself now with Mox, so yes. he doesn't really have a need for Butcher and Blade and, and the family, yeah. as it were. And speaking of Eddie and Mox, the uh, in one of the one of the highlights of the week in, you know, retconning and making things great uh from it's basically a lemonade out of lemons situation, what yes. they did. Uh yeah. so the I'd loved every second, every every frame 
of this promo segment between those two guys just yeah. sitting there drinking some whiskey in front of a fire, uh, just hanging out like two bros, giving each other shit the whole time. Yes. But also, you know, you could tell that there is this this deep found love and respect between the two of them mm-hmm. to Eddie Kingston addressing his mental health issues and normalizing that. Uh, and to, you know, like I said, retconning the thing to blaming uh, Impact and their budget for the exploding ring. Right. Uh, just it was it was perfect. It was what I had hoped for. Yeah. And now I'm never not going to be able to notice how well manicured Eddie Kingston's eyebrows are. <laughs> <laughs> got to put my Tim's on. Got to do my eyebrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking credit fucking to you, Box. Credit to yeah. you. Uh, the only the only thing was just a a wee bit of the the Dean Ambrosey overacting that that we saw in yeah. terms of his you know selling the the pain from the thing. That's that's one thing about John Mox that I just never never really enjoy. He's, he's a bit of a ham. Uh, yes. Some in the match mostly it works. Outside yeah. usually not so much. Yeah. So. Uh, the other side of trying to make things work was we did have a big promo with Don Callis, the good brothers and Kenny Omega. Oh, did um, this go on forever? It went on for forever. And it was one of the things where they tried to do multiple stories out of one thing. Yeah. It just ran too long. Uh, I saw a lot of people who really kind of loved the mocking of the explosion by uh, uh, Omega and Callus. Oh, you mean Omega saying 69, 69 me, Don, Don, multiple yeah. times on national television? Yeah, I was just like, this is, this is a little cringy. Yeah, it was very cringy. It didn't really work for me, but it looks like Kingston and Mox are going to have their feud with the Good Brothers. Meanwhile, also- Christian and Kenny Omega appears to be the direction for the world title. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. I do have a question, though. What the fuck up is up with Luke Gallows' arms? Why are they like, <laughs> I don't, uh, why are they mahogany? I don't know what has happened. Is he just hitting Spray the tanner? Good brother. Spray tan. Ah, it's, it's, it's like, I, I, I don't know if he has some kind of skin infection. Is that cellulitis? What the hell is going on with, with, with that? It, it looks unnatural. And it yeah. doesn't blend with the rest of his body. I, I've said many times that Luke Gallows is just hard to look at these days. And wow. that's, that's just part of it. That is um, part of it. Darby Allen finally defended the TNT championship, uh, this time against Scorpio Sky. I thought this was a very, very good match. Darby Allen goes down with a uh, ankle injury early on. Scorpio Sky decides not to work it. Yeah. Um, which was kind of an interesting choice. The the execution of some of the spots in this were out of this world clean. Whether it was the power bomb out of the coffin drop by Darby yeah. uh, that uh, Scorpio Sky executed, uh, or the Ace the cutter, cutter from, out of yeah. the suicide dive. Oh yeah, that one needs to be in the fucking dynamite intro on Wednesday. Like that yeah. was so clean and so good. And uh, post match, uh, because Scorpio Sky drops to a small package. Darby Allen, of course, master of the small package. Because uh, it's small. Yes, uh, Scorpio Sky ends up snapping, hooking on a heel hook, and beating down Darby. Attacking the uh, injured angle, which looks to be ankle rather, looks to be a heel angle for uh, Scorpio Sky, staring at his hands NXT style. But un- unlike uh, what we would typically see, where he's asking, "How evil can I be?" He actually seems to be pretty happy with it. Yeah, yeah, he definitely had that little devilish smile at the end. Uh, cosign everything you just said about the match. I, I I enjoyed it. You know, Darby matches are fun because. Most 95% of the time is working for somebody bigger than him who could just ragdoll him around, and it's really fun to watch. And the main event, 
was an angle. It was the Inner Circle World War Council, which I rolled my eyes at when it was announced at Revolution. Agreed. Uh, but uh, it ended up being kind of a can't-miss angle, and as you texted me, it's very true. God damn, this needed a live crowd. Yeah. We had a few fake-outs. We had the return of Sammy Guevara after doing nothing. <laughs> For two, three weeks? Yeah. Sammy Guevara returns, reveals that the entire inner circle was going to turn on Jericho, but not quite as Jericho and the inner circle talk off the air, which I thought was a nice Every day. touch. Every day. <laughs> um, so they were going to beat down MJF. MJF says, hey, you know what? My whole concern here wasn't about the inner circle. It was about building my own. Lights go out. I assume Sabu. Sabu. No Sabu. Instead, it was Wardlow, FTR, Tully Blanchard, and for some reason, Sean Spears. Again, even Sean Spears looked as interested to see Sean Spears there. Uh, but this new group beats down the inner circle, makes Jericho all bloody, handcuffs proud and powerful, Spike pile drives them with their hands handcuffed, and power bombs Jericho mm-hmm. off of the stage through two tables and a very obvious crash pad. Um, yeah. But. <laughs> Really effective angle. I like this new group. I assume we're probably going to get a blood and guts war games match out of this. Cool. All right. Yeah. That's fine. As long yeah. as, you know, Sean Spears gets thrown off of something high at some point. Uh, um, I, I like pretty much all the pairings we've got here. Proud and powerful and FTR. <laughs> fuck yeah. Uh, Jericho. <laughs> Jericho and MJF. Hell yeah. Sign Hell me yes. up. Yeah. Wardlow yeah. and uh, Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> And there and are no other pairings we, to talk about. None. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's None. not two other people that we haven't discussed at all no, that could no, just no. be, it's, it's, you know, jettisoned off the earth and everything would be fine. Yeah. Um, I guess legally we need to talk about this company before we go. The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. They want to have 45,000 people at Mania and they can fucking go suck a dick. You know what? <laughs> If if the 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 forty five thousand alleged people that uh, would want to go, if they're willing to die for WWE in twenty twenty one, that yeah. that's uh, what do they call natural selection? I yeah. believe is the term yeah. that we use. Uh, if if they're willing to die for a WrestleMania, first of all, being at a WrestleMania live is the fucking shits. All right? <laughs> Yes, I've been, I've been the two. Uh, yeah. Granted, they were at the same place. Uh, first time I had some decent seats. It was and this was twenty nine, and it was long and cold. Um, and last or twenty, what was a thirty six, thirty five, New 30, York, the last one in New York, yeah. uh, a couple years back. Uh, we were fucking nosebleeds, and it was the shits, and was like twelve hours long. So yeah. Going to WrestleMania, unless you're in the the the, the front rows, is fucking terrible. Um, and to do that in – we're still in the middle of a pandemic and you're still yeah. in Florida. Yep. So, yeah, fuck off. If you want to do that, go ahead yeah. and, and you know, enjoy your intubation, asshole. Yeah, I, I, I just love that in about a decade we've gone from stand up for WWE to get ready to die for WWE. Man. And you know what? Uh, it's, it's it's that's fine. I mean, you know, it, it's been it's been proven that they can uh, they can lose viewers and still be financially um, in, in the in the in the black in the black. You want to be in the black, right? Or, uh, you yeah. want to be in the green. 
You want to be in the green? Oh, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. The yeah, black means you. you're you're fine. In the red means you lost money. In the green, yeah, no, that's you don't want to be red. You want, yeah, green. Yeah, you well, want to be in the green. Vince is rolling in fucking green, so that's uh, that's all that matters. And they can afford to lose forty five thousand. Uh, yeah, because they've be... got two hundred more people ready to go in the performance center at any given time. <laughs> They're gonna be fine. They're gonna be just fine. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, just have some breaking news. Just came across uh, yeah. my phone here. Yeah. Uh, we can now celebrate Pi Day because it is a uh, three fourteen Pi Day with classic pies from Bob Evans Bakery, apple, cherry, and chocolate peanut butter. Oh my! I just wow. got a text message from Bob Evans. So You're, the 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 Bob actual Evans? Bob Evans, yeah, oh. Bobert, Bobert Evanrelli. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughhouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Roughhouse Redos, and Roughhouse Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough House, Rough Pod- House uh, podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Dust, recently joined by his compatriots in the bloodline of excellence. Stardust, an intergalactic performer of the WWE universes. Long awaited. And finally, it's Dusty Dust, baby! That's right, I got myself a star on my ass, and I'm gonna be moving fast. Got a tight onesie, have some funsie. Bouncing to and fro, polka dot, getting hot. I got my boys on east side, smacking backsides on the flip side of that jive ass raw hot. Yeah, hand me some beef jerky, herky murky. It's gonna be slurpy time. Getting the brain freeze, look at these up in the ring. I got the Rhodes Dynasty, fine on these. Put your lips in between my knees. Sun, stardust, gold dust, and dusty dust. Two people in shape, and one guy who looks like he's half bulldog. That's right, it's the hottest new faction, baby brother, in all of the WWE. You got the dusties. Sawdust, gold dust, dusty dust. Dusty, time to get the broom out, son, because it's getting dusty up in this bitch. Ain't got no hitch. You think you're going to switch from the shield, play the field up into the dusties? Well, I tell you what, we get musties. Must-see TV on NBC, motherfucker. That's right. Dusty Dust premiering tonight on WWE Raw. I'm showing up unexpectedly. Hope they let me in the building.